Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Shug Burry. Hey, ladies, this is Shug Burry here, and boy, we got to tell it like it is today. You know, in this time of uncertainty, of what the real truth is. We have been given a voice by God through this show to talk about what we feel we need to be alerted to. My name is Sugbury, and I'm the host of Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics, and I am here with my co-guest host, Reagan Kramer. Reagan, thank you so much for coming on. It's a privilege to be here. I cannot wait to talk to our guests, and I am fired up, Shug. I'm a little fired up. So, Reagan, you're going to have to you're going to have to put a lid on me so I don't get too excited yeah, about this too. topic because, you know, I might just jump out of my seat. Thank you, Mr. Lee Michaels, for being behind that production booth. I really appreciate your help. And we have a special guest here today who is a senator. Yes, a senator actually decided to come on our show, and he's not the first one. We have Senator Scott Jensen with us here today. But before we introduce him, I want to introduce the topic title of today. It's kind of funny. It's humorous, but the subject is very serious, and it's called Invasion. Not by body snatchers, but by our own government. Reagan, would you please introduce Mm. our guest? Yes, I would love to. Senator and Dr. Scott Jensen has been called for such a time as this uh, to be a senator, and he's been a doctor for over 35 years. He's married to a beautiful, uh, his beautiful wife, Mary. They have three children. Mary, let's go golfing sometime. We love Mary. And uh, he's a grandfather, and um, Dr. Jensen's written a book, Relationships Matter. Uh, The foundation of medical care is fracturing, and that's an amazing book about patient-doctor relationships, and Dr. Jensen likes, likes to encourage people to be their own champion in, in their healthcare decisions and desires. I'm totally on board with that. I love that. Uh, in November 2016, Dr. and Senator Jensen was elected to the Minnesota State Senate, receiving more votes than any other Republican state senator. Isn't that amazing? Wow, that is amazing. The most. Yes. Amazing. He's done a great job, and he's... And it was a real election. They didn't put any of those false ballots in there. (laughs) Yes, we are praising God for his time in the Senate. He's passed seven unique bills on the Senate floor, and in 2020, uh, he also was the chief chief author of the Insulin Safety Net Bill, which was a big deal and was passed unanimously. Unanimously. So he's done incredible work, and... um, Senator Jensen, I'm just I'm so thankful for your vast knowledge in medicine and politics and how you've been on the front lines trying to speak truth in a dark world right now. And I've seen you in numerous publications, not to mention media outlets like Fox News. We're so thankful you're here. And what I love about you most is that you love Jesus. So you're filtering Mm -hmm. everything through the truth of Scripture. Welcome, Dr. Jensen. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Reagan. and Thank you, Shug, for having me on. You know, we're so thankful to have you on. You know, I had your book in my library, and I couldn't wait to crack it out again, mm-hmm. dust it off again, and read it. You guys, I really encourage you guys to get it. It's called Relationship Matters. The foundation of uh, medical care is fracturing. Well, you know what else is fracturing, my friends? It's the government. It's what's happening in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Senator, I really hope that you had a good night's sleep last night. 
I know that you were up late, but I got a ton of questions to ask you, and I'm going to start out with the first one. Governor Waltz from our state of Minnesota um, came out, and he shared uh, about COVID-19, and he said, um, yes, it's not fair, but the sacrifice we need, this is a sacrifice we need to make. Waltz ordered people in the state not only to you cannot hold gatherings, you cannot have anybody over for the holidays, you can't have anybody in your house, no receptions, no private parties, other celebrations are totally prohibited. Indoor service and restaurants and bars will not be allowed anymore. And indoor gyms, fitness centers, bowling alleys, museums will be closed. Then he gave us statistics as to why they came up with this reason. And I know, um, Senator, that oftentimes you talk about lack of transparency in the government. But last night I'm watching this on the news or the, no, in, in the other week, and I'm thinking to myself, it seems transparent to me. It seems like something that makes sense. Can you, you know, illuminate for me a little bit about the numbers, about the transparency in the in the government, and what else would you have liked to have seen him done? Well, thank you, Shug. I'd, I'd be glad to. Certainly, we've seen a variety of executive orders over the last few months, and the recent uh, 20-99 executive order was particularly harsh. I don't mind harshness if I thought that this would achieve the objective, but we haven't really been led to, to know what the objective is. Early on in the crisis, we were told that the two major goals were to flatten the curve so that we could ensure that our healthcare facilities were up to the task of meeting the needs. Well, we've done that, and after that, the goalposts were changed. As Minnesotans engaged and wanted to do their part, I think we saw that Minnesotans were indeed paying attention, and they were doing the things that were being asked of them. I think we oftentimes are looking at the dashboard of mental, uh, the uh, Minnesota Department of Health, and we were seeing that uh, we were doing okay in terms of reducing or increasing doubling times and making certain that hospitals, ICUs weren't being overwhelmed. But then the data changed. So what we saw really was transparency going right out the window. And in our recent Executive Order 20-99, where we've been prevented from gathering uh, for for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, these kinds of things, we're seeing, again, that transparency just thrown out the window. We're not being told why. There's been a multitude of studies that have indicated lockdowns and school closures are not going to achieve the objective. But we don't even know what the objective is. Does anybody really think that they can squash COVID-19, that somehow we can step on it like a gnat or a mosquito? We can't. Even New Zealand and many countries that have seen a if you will, a, a nadir of cases for a period of time, have seen it rise back up. So I think that Governor Walls is missing a critical element of human communication, and that is that if you're not going to be truly transparent, then you're not going to build trust. And if you don't build trust, you are not going to get buy-in. And that's a problem in the world of politics, especially when you're trying to deal with a pandemic. Mm. There's a lot of fear out there, Dr. Jensen, there's a lot of people who are um, feeling oppressed. They're feeling confused. They don't understand uh, why they can't see their friends. There's children out there. I have an eight-year-old who is wondering, you know, why people are wearing masks all the time. And is this – I'm just going to get right to it. Do you think this fear is intentional? I do. I think that there's this formula that politicians and bureaucrats use 
uh, to arouse fear. And there's a reason, because if you can get people fearful enough, you can paralyze uh, their ability to think or their desire to think for themselves. And for me, the fear formula is uh, literally, it's, it's an acronym. Uh, if you want to arouse fear, what you do is you start with the F and you frighten people. And then you move to the E and you exaggerate things. You take out little factoids, exaggerate them so that people are really alarmed. And then you go to the A and you accuse someone, Mm -hmm. deflect it to someone, certainly don't own any of it yourself. And then the R stands for repeat the cycle over and over again. So then you move into the formula. And frankly, you've got to fabricate news. Uh, You've got to take whatever factoid you can, fake news, go with with it. And then the O stands for ostracize any opponents that try to speak against you. And then the R is ridicule any ideas that might make things better. For heaven's sakes, don't let it be a conversation about ideas. And then we move into the M and you want to manipulate the media. You want to massage the message. And then you want to go with the U, which is Mm. promise utopia. Follow me. Mm -hmm. I'll provide you a utopia. Mm. And then you go to the L, lead late in the game. Because if you lead late in the game, you get to lie late in the game. And your lies last the longest. And then lastly, the A stands for, if you will, applaud yourself. Run victory laps that you didn't earn. And when you do those things, you've created a formula for fear. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've seen. We've seen that over and over again with this COVID-19. Frankly, if you're not interested in trust, transparency, and being a truth teller, then you're really not interested in getting Minnesota on side with you. Well, when I was listening to the governor, I mean, he sounded like he was being transparent. He seemed genuine. It seemed like he earnestly had a concern. Do you feel that he's following some of that as well? I absolutely think he is. And I think part of it's unintentional on his part. Mm. I think, honestly, the governor is trapped in a groupthink kind of echo chamber. Mm. And I don't think he's surrounded himself by enough skeptics. And I'm not saying that skeptics have to be mean-spirited antagonistic opponents. But skeptics can say, well, have you considered this? Stephen Covey said a long time ago, seek first to understand, then be understood. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, Jesus taught us that 2,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. Seek first to understand, then be understood. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're such clamoring individuals screaming at one another across this chasm that seems to be widening. There's, There's no intent to understand and share. You know, it's it, it, you brought up truth, and of course, God's word is truth. And you know that the challenge that I think that you've had as well, because you've spoken out, you've talked about things that you know, not many people are talking about. And you have had issues where you have personally, even in your own words, felt like you had a target on your back. And in Galatians, it says, um, "Have I then become your enemy by telling the truth?" Mm. Can you share with us how you know you're such an easygoing guy and you're a great doctor? How is it that you've gone from that point to um, now having a target on your back and being the target of accusations, even in your medical practice? Well, that story gets pretty personal pretty quickly. I certainly didn't envision myself on a path that I've traveled the last eight months. It actually goes back to April 3rd on a day. It was a busy Friday, and I was trying to fly through my emails and see my patients and get home. And I remember I was just about to delete an email I received from the Department of Health. And uh, there was a phrase, something like vital statistics or whatever, and I thought, oh, shoot a mile. I better take a peek at this because I do have occasion to complete death certificates if patients of mine uh, die and the coroner asks me to complete the death certificate. And anyway, I I read this document very quickly, and it referred me to a link uh, with CDC. And basically what it did was it was making it very clear that when it came to COVID-19, this was a new day and that the way that we should complete death certificates uh, was now going to be a little different. And 
trying to identify with precision the chain of events that led to someone's death was no longer the critical issue. Now the issue was if COVID-19 in any way, shape, or form seemed to be involved with the individual, then go ahead and put it down as a cause of death. And uh, I remember being on a TV program shortly thereafter where I mentioned to Laura Ingram, I said, well, this is absolutely bizarre. I said, if a person gets hit by a bus and they go into the emergency room and they have two collapsed lungs, but during the first initial laboratory data that returns, we find that a person had COVID-19, it would be stupid to identify that if that patient died two hours later, to identify that death as a COVID-19 death. The patient died of a bus accident, Mm -hmm. but yet that's what we're being told to do, Mm -hmm. and it's happened over and over again. We've seen it across the country. We've had people had alcohol levels that would have been toxic uh, for a grizzly bear, and Mm -hmm. they were identified as a COVID-19 death because, as Deborah Burks so famously said, nobody dies with COVID-19. If they have a COVID-19 test, they died of it. It doesn't matter if they've been on hospice stage four colon cancer, and they've only got a few days left to live and somehow they become exposed to COVID-19, and someone runs a test. COVID-19 didn't cause that death. Colon cancer did. And if we're not going to be truth-tellers on that, then we're just lying to ourselves. Senator, why is that? Why are they doing that? Is it money? Is it a money, power, and greed issue? Is it control? I think it has to do with power, to be sure. I think that politicians and bureaucrats do like power, and I think that's one This is a little bit off the beaten path, but I think it's one reason why you have to seriously think about term limits and that we need citizen legislators rather than professional politicians. Mm -hmm. I think money enters into some elements of it potentially, but I think power and the greed for more power and the uh, desire to control people, this is uh, a powerful uh, narcotic that's within our society and it's been growing. It breaks my heart to see the division between Minnesotans and Americans so overly simplified, mm-hmm. thinking that it's you're either a good person or a bad person depending upon your view as to whether or not hydroxychloroquine should be available or whether or not you wear masks or something like that. That's not the case at all. Those are honest arguments and discussions that we can have. But I think what we're seeing is we're seeing a, a terrific struggle for power and control. And I think if someone wants to control you, you need to ask why. And one of the best ways to control you is to do that fear formula. And that's why I keep telling people over and over again, engage, stay connected. And at the end of the day, in regards to your own personal health, you need to be your own best champion because nobody else can do it as well as you can. There is no doctor that at 2 o'clock in the morning and 3 o'clock in the morning and 4 o'clock in the morning will be thinking as to why you have abdominal pain that has not been able to be relieved. You will be thinking about it. Mm. It's only been in the last 80 years that we've seen this flip where physicians are all powerful. Prior to that, physicians taking care of patients always had conversations with patients or parents or grandparents and laid out options and laid out thoughts and shared concerns and and shared theories. And then together decisions were made. We've sort of taken over the world now with physician, physicians have saying, you know, we got two big things to provide you. We're going to put you on a pill or we're going to cut you open. Well, I'm sorry, folks. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other ways to treat disease as well. And I think that's where patients are starting to return to. They're saying, you know what? This doesn't ring true. This doesn't ring true for my faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good, valid points. Um, if you're just tuning in, my name is Suge Burry, and this is Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. Boy, ladies, we got a hot topic today. And, you know, the current events as they are right now is dealing with COVID 
lockdowns, pandemics, new changes of life, uh, struggles that women that you all are going through in your own homes as you're, you know, valiantly trying to homeschool with your kids uh, virtually, as well as hold full-time jobs. Um, And we titled this show uh, Invasion, not by body snatchers, but by government. And, you know, you brought up a really good word, um, and we're with Senator Scott Jensen. And I really like the word that you used, and it was engage. You know, where do we find truth? I mean, because most people find truth on the media. I think there's a price to pay for some of the luxuries we have in life today. I mean, if you look at 100 years ago, we didn't have air conditioning. We didn't all have fancy roofs over our head. And we didn't have attached garages and cars and things like that. But we have those things today. But with the with these things comes a price. And mm-hmm. I think that price is it's more and more difficult to ferret out what is true. So I would love to give you an easy, fancy-dancy equation by which you could arrive at truth. But I can't. You have to literally thoughtfully meditate, reflect, stay engaged, do your homework, and and reach out to people, and and especially those people who maybe don't see the world the way you do. Ask the question, tell me why you see this issue this way, because I just don't see it that way. That's really the way we arrive at truth, and I think that when we think it's simpler than that, it's it's, it's just not. I I think of John 4.14, where Jesus was talking to the woman at the well. It says, but but anybody who drinks this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water I give him will never thirst, for the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That's the kind of approach we have to take, is what water are we drinking? What Mm -hmm. water are we drinking? That's so good. John 14.6, as you're saying that, reminded me when Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. So even every day as uh, men and women of Christ, just waking up, getting in the Word of God and praying, God, give me discernment on what is the truth today with what I see on TV, what I read out there, what the conversations I have. And I can't tell you how many, especially young moms, have come to me and just said, something feels off. Something feels weird. I feel oppressed. I feel evil. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit telling you that something's off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we need to be praying about that and asking God, what is the truth? How do I take care of my children in this world right now at this time? And go ahead. Reagan, I think you're spot on. I think the word discernment is something that it's a word that maybe people aren't using actively in their vocabulary, but I think it's exactly what they're doing within this melancholy cloud created by COVID in our lives, the shine of things we enjoy doing, looking forward to doing, it's off. Mm -hmm. And we know it's off. And so we're trying to discern, where is the truth? Why am I feeling this way? Am I being a bad person by thinking that Governor Walls is really not being fair? He's not understanding that closing schools has impacts so incredibly larger than worried about simply trying to squash a virus or reduce arbitrarily a certain number of cases. Mm -hmm. For me, the last five years has been, (laughs) at some level, all about chapter 4, verse 14 of several books in the Bible. In Exodus, I believe that in 414, uh, God is angry with Moses for not being willing to do his will. And then I moved to Esther, and because I knew that I did not want to go into politics five years ago. That was the least uh, of my desires. And, and there I was being pushed to go into politics. And I remember Esther 4.14, have you thought that you're in a position that you're in today for such a time as this, when Mordecai issued the challenge to Esther? And then I go to John, and I think of, you know, what water am I willing to drink? And then I go to Hebrews, and 4.14 there says, for heaven's sakes, don't abandon the belief you profess. 
And so for me, it's always been about chapter 4, 14. Every time I look mm-hmm. at a book in the Bible, I always look, well, what did chapter 4, <laughs> verse 14 say? Because it seems like they, it always speaks to my heart. But discernment is has got to weigh heavy on mind, but there's no easy answer. And I think it's 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 like, uh, well, for me, I, I ended up saying yes to running for the Senate in 2016 because I went through a 21-day Daniel Bible study. Mm-hmm. And it was on the sixth day, the second time through for me, where it made some comment about, am I willing to try to take my hands off the wheel and, and see where God wants me to use my talents and my energy? And it was at that point in time that my wife and I started to pivot towards, well, maybe this is something we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up saying yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on July 4th, 2015, we said, okay, we'll do this. Mm-hmm. And we certainly didn't see this coming. And, and frankly, uh, my wife and I are desperately trying to discern what should my voice be saying? When I do a video, whether it's at midnight in my bathrobe or whether it's in my office in my lab coat, I ask God every day, please guide the words in my mouth because I'm but just a, a human who makes mistakes all the time. And I would just as soon not make mistakes. Now, people can find some of your videos or some of your thoughts. Uh, where's the best place for them to go to? Well, I'm not really technologically advanced, so the easiest thing to do is just go to Facebook and put in Senator Scott Jensen, and I pretty much put everything there. I've been told not to put it on Twitter. I I don't quite understand exactly the best way to use Twitter. Sometimes I was told that you can start a conversation on Twitter, but a lot of times (laughs) it's not really a conversation. It's sort of a grudge match. So I usually use Facebook, and once in a while I'll do a Twitter, but uh, I always get the words tweet and Twit and Twitter and Tweeter. And so I, I try to stay away from that a little bit. You know, um, somebody might be listening to this and going, okay, fine, you can talk about COVID, but have you even had it yet? <laughs> I did. I had it in August. I thought that I was having my ragweed, uh, my perennial ragweed symptoms pop up. I got a little stuffy nose and was sneezing, and had a little cough, and I was tired. And my wife mentioned it to me at coffee. I remember on a Thursday, she said, you're not feeling your best. I said, no, I think ragweed's hitting and uh, so I said, I'm going to put myself on my antihistamines. And I did. And over the next four days, I pretty much returned to normal, got off my antihistamines, which always takes care of my fatigue. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mary said uh, a few days later, she said, you're back to normal. And I said, yeah. And then a month later, I ran into a friend and we were just talking. And he said, that, yeah, he said, you know, I had COVID. I said, really? I didn't know that. And I said, when? And he said, well, the middle of August. And I said, mm-hmm. what weekend? And he told me, I said, well, we were together then. And he said, oh, that's right. And I said, you know, four or five days later, I had a bunch of symptoms that I attributed to allergies. I wonder if I should check my antibodies. That's sort of a way to mm-hmm. look in the rear view mirror. So I, I had my blood drawn and checked. And sure enough, I had converted to positive because I'd been checking my antibodies every two months. And I'd been negative in May and negative in July. But then in September, I converted to positive. And usually it takes about 21 to 28 days to develop IgG antibodies. And that's what I showed. So yeah, I had it. And for me, it was sort of a nothing burger. But that does not diminish the risk for many folks. I mean, there's a lot of folks out there that it's just a, a brutal virus. And we just don't know how to identify who might be flukishly hit hard. We know the vulnerable. That's easy. And we know that people under the age of 30, my stars, I mean, they might have to worry more about a meteor hitting them in the back of the head. Uh, but nevertheless, for that group between 30 and 70, every once in a while, someone who, by the facts of the situation that we as we understand them today they shouldn't have been hit so hard but they are yeah you know it's just ironic about the virus i've seen that as well and we can talk about that in the next segment you know i'm sad to hear that this this part of the segment is already already over but before we part ladies i want you to know what ephesians tells us ephesians 5 15 
It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And during these confusing times, I think the most important thing to remember is that God's got this and not to freak out, not to look at other things, but keep your focus on Christ. And how do you do that? You first need to invite him into your heart. The prayer is simple. Father, I am a sinner. I need you. I ask that you come into my heart. And you know what, ladies? You only have to say that once because the Holy Spirit will fill you, help you to turn away from your sins. And the most important thing, ladies, to know is our time here on earth is short. Scripture said it's nothing but a grass our lives are. And so I think the most important thing is to be right with Christ and everything else will fall into place. Senator Jensen, thank you for coming on. Reagan Kramer, you know I love it when you're sitting next to me. And ladies, this is Sugbury, host of Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. You know I love you. Over and out. Hey, ladies, this is Sugbury, and I'm the host of Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. I am so glad that you have found our show amongst the millions of podcasts that are out there. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, would you please do me a favor? Like it, rate it, thumbs up. We're on YouTube as well, so don't forget to find us there. You can watch our guests also. Please subscribe so you don't miss a show. We also have started Him for Her Crazy Testimonies. And each of our guests that we have on the show shares their personal testimony, how they received Christ in their life. This is Sugbury. You know I love you. Over and out.